Hello and welcome to the Power of Podcast. I am Brandon France. I'm the host of each one of these episodes, so I appreciate you coming on and listening as I talk to musicians, producers, um, uh, community activists, uh, political organizers, etc. In this episode, um, I talk to the guitarist and one of the songwriters for the band Designer Disguise, Josh Wildhorn. He's also a producer who... Um, produces, mixes, and masters a host of other uh, bands, and is the former guitar player in the band Dragged Under. Uh, We had a great conversation. I got to talk to him about kind of the start of Designer Disguise, as well as their new album, um, which comes out January 20th, called Elsewhere. Uh, their newest single, Abandoned Ship, is out now. We talk about the music video, how how cool of an experience that was that they got to work on um, some set pieces from some pretty legendary um, science fiction movies in order to make that uh, music video. We talk about his time in Dragged Under. We talk about when he first came to the United States from France and the kind of touring he did with, with a band that I actually uh, listened to in about 2013. We talk a little bit about that. Um, and and it was it was just a great chat. We got to uh, uh, hear a lot of Josh's story from his early beginnings in music to what drove him to come to the United States to pursue music and also go to school. The start of his band Designer Disguise with with his uh, singer Jackson um, and and just a host of other things. So it was it was a great conversation. I really hope you guys enjoy it. Um, and uh, before we get into the episode, just as a reminder, you can reach the podcast at The Powerless Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. You can also um, reach me uh, through Gmail at thepowerlesspod at gmail.com. I really encourage you to reach out to me and connect with me. I'd love to hear what you guys think about the episodes, um, any critiques you have, people you'd want to hear on the podcast, or if you'd want to be a guest yourself after listening to some of these. If you are a musician, if you are a producer, if you are involved in political organizing or community advocacy, advocacy or anything of that nature um i would love to to have you on the podcast so again reach out to me at the powerless pod on social media as well as reaching out to me at the powerless pod at gmail.com um through through email so now uh before uh before i get to anything else and keep rambling let's get to the episode with josh wildhorn from designer disguise on the powerless podcast Of course. Kind of on for some of the early episodes, so I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I know you guys have a, a lot of stuff you're probably working on right now, so I, I, I appreciate the time. Um, how are you doing today, bud? I'm good. Uh, yeah, lots of lots of stuff to work on, as you said, uh, but all good things. Yeah, yeah. Um, no kidding. I've been I've been I was looking through just for your own band, and I know you don't only produce your own band; you do other things as well. Um, we'll get into both of those things as, as time goes on. But um, I saw very recently you guys announced with the new uh, drop of, of your, your single Abandoned Ship that you also have an upcoming album coming yeah. out uh, January 20th uh, uh-huh. with, with In Vogue Records, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so one, uh, I know this is your first full length. You guys have put out a lot of music, just not not in a debut kind of full length album space i was listening through the discography earlier and it just reminded me how much music you guys have (laughs) put out um 
but how does it feel to kind of finally be able to do that uh, that debut album after all the work you guys have done really since what 2015, right? That you guys have been a band. So yeah. So uh, so what's <laughs> what's the process with the new album been like? Oh yeah, it's it's been really cool. Uh, I think it just didn't really make sense for us to make an album until well, it made sense. Uh, you know, th- these these days re- releasing music is more about just like getting as many little bursts of attention as you can and so more more spread out stuff is better to get attention and we 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 thought we would do an album once we felt like there were people out there that would want an album essentially right Right. uh and i during the pandemic uh we had just released the the nowhere ep Mm -hmm. um which was by far the most successful thing we had ever done uh, and so we like, okay, I think this might be time to start wor- at least working on an album. Um, plus it was a pandemic and we had nothing else to do. Right. So we, we literally just wrote a ton of music. Um, and after a while we kind of got, got together and like tried to categorize the music and see if there was any kind of cohesive thing to be done. And so we like put it, we put it, all these like demos into folders that had kind of moods different moods mm-hmm. and um the one we were most excited about was, was this folder that we called space mm-hmm. uh and and so it was all these all these songs that, that it just, like it didn't feel like oh the set this is a sad song oh this is like a really happy song or like the, all the other ones were just more along those lines but mm-hmm. this was like oh these feel like we're in space uh and <laughs> so there, there was this folder of space demos and Along with that, we were also just, you know, also also because pandemic, <laughs> watching a lot of just shows and movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and we felt really inspired a lot by a lot of those a lot of those stories. And so we just kind of took the space album and all all this like sci-fi narrative we were ingesting, and made uh, a sci-fi concept album. That's that's what I was gonna ask, especially with the new music video. That's pretty, you know, uh, obviously a big um, nod to sci-fi, big nod to, you know, you can see a ship that isn't, you know, it's not, it's not like the Millennium Falcon exactly or something, but you can tell you guys watch Star Trek and Star Wars and probably read some some sci-fi books as well and everything else. Um, so that I was gonna ask about that about themes and. And uh, if there was a general theme or, you know, there's a lot of bands that you just come up with 12 great songs and, and it works together as an album, but it is a concept uh, record dealing with, with space. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a full on, like there's, there's characters, there's narrative, there's like a, a we like built this whole world. It, awesome. we, we, we went all in on the nerd stuff. Uh, right. I, I love that though. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny. You're like the, you're the third, um, you're the third musician i've had on this because you know i'm doing kind of a mix of musicians and and kind of activists and politics and things like that mm-hmm. too and out of the three two the the releases were concepts so it's just it feels like a lot of bands now it, one it's i think it's good to have a direction especially um for a full length the other person i talked to was just an ep but like especially for a full length it probably helps to diversify the songs a little bit because I mean, you're a guy that, and your band is very eclectic, so it'd be very, it'd be very much doable to just make a, you know, make a typical twelve song whatever record. Um, right. But uh, 
But to have that direction, you know, it probably pulls you out of the box a little bit too when it comes to lyrical content and some of the, you know, different sounds you might throw in after the shells are written of the songs and all that kind of stuff. Um, I know you just put out the first song. You guys might not want to talk about everything concerning the, the, the concept of the record, but is there anything you can tell people about? Obviously, you said, right, there's, there's characters and there's development, anything else, but is there anything more specific you can talk about with the, uh, the concept of the record? Yeah, uh, I mean, so this is the fourth song I think we put out from the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we would drop in singles, uh, and we would, this was the one where because this was the music video that has the most uh, of the story in it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like we spent by far the most time and attention and money on this music video. It's high um, production for sure, so I I totally get that. Yeah, <laughs> we we just wanted to like go 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 hard on like oh we're like making a a little mini sci-fi movie mm-hmm. no we got we got we got um our friend shayla to make these like models or the ships there's one oh yeah yeah one sick. Uh, and and like we filmed filmed it like against the green screens like star wars style uh and then we we actually went down to la so we're, we're from we're from seattle and we went down to la to film on some like just sets because Basically, we were considering: should we build a bunch of spaceship sets, uh, or are there some already made? Um, right. And we, that, that ended up being far easier. Um, and so, um, we actually filmed in some studios that they made some Star Wars stuff in. Oh, and we're back. Yeah, and we're back. <laughs> um, so I was talking before before we had that little blip there of uh, you know just how cool it was that you guys got to go down to like you said to L.A. Go right. to the studio um, where you said you got to record part of the video in the same uh, same studio and some of the same props as, as Star Wars, which um, I do encourage everybody, uh, if you haven't checked out Designer Disguise yet, to start off with the Abandoned Ship video because it is, uh, one, it's just cool. Like, I nerded out watching it again this morning. I was just like, this is so sick. I wish I could do something like that. Um and uh, and and two, the song is is fantastic on its own merit. Um, Thank you, man. But, but uh, yeah, yeah, um, of course. So so with with that, um, like you were saying, you went down to down to LA, got to film that in studio, all that kind of stuff. It was kind of the song and the video that's the most directly related to the concept. Can you talk any more specifically to the concept um, that you kind of have with this with this sci fi concept record? Yeah. Um, so again, we took basically a lot of our favorite, um, just we pulled a bunch of stuff from our favorite franchises, uh, be that movies, shows, books. <laughs> I like I books say, a lot. You've, you've, got a lot of, you've got a lot of them back there. Hell yeah. <laughs> I, I like books a lot. Um, and so it's, it's, it's a kind of not, uh, yeah, it's a hero's journey story kind of based around lots of stuff that feels familiar this abandoned ship video um is kind of um it's so it's this the album is in narrative order uh and abandoned ship uh and is, is song three song three and song two basically happen at the same time and are two the two different points of view of the same event uh oh sick so this, the second song is destroyer which is already out also already mm-hmm. out um and um I don't know how much is obvious from just watching the video, but um, basically the the bad guys um, are chasing down the good guys who have found um, a map to 
the location of um, an ancient power called called the flame. Right, right. Um, and uh, they're they're trying to get it to basically. Um, it's called Nova Children. It's basically the Rebel Alliance, but um, you know, a small small good guy organization fighting cosmic. Right, rivers. right. Very, very classic. Cosmic tyrants. Yeah. yeah, right. Very classic, like sci-fi adventure opera kind of kind of mm-hmm. deal. Um, that's that's great. Yeah, you could definitely get that from, like you said. I mean, it makes a lot of sense to do that video for abandoned ship because it's basically following. I'm guessing the you know the 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 lyrical content and also the overall concept of the the album very well. Um, and yeah, I, I was gonna bring up Destroyer too. Destroyer, I mean, abandoned abandoned ship has some heavy components to it, and I love the riffs in it. They they, they bang on it big time. Um, and of course, uh, your your singer Jackson just just can do anything. It seems like um, and just nails every single one of her parts. Uh, but Destroyer is a is a heavy song. Like that is a a, a ripper, you know. So um, I was gonna talk a bit about that from. Um, and and I just want to check because it's one of those things that you know spot Spotify things are are all over the place. We know that abandoned ship, destroyer are both on that record. Is mm-hmm. every day is a nightmare, but it all feels the same. Is that also on the record? Yep. Okay. And and also lifeline. And also lifeline. Um, is digital ghost on there, or is that kind of a separate? Yeah. One d- okay. Okay. That, that's that's also part of it all. Okay. Um, so I mean, I, we're at this point where it's kind of I, I mean. I'll be honest. I hate when other bands do this, and um, we were pushed into this by part other parties involved right. <laughs> to release. Uh, we had we had planned three singles, and now we're at what like five. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, we had there's there's a couple songs that have been released with that music videos that we were just going to have as album tracks. Um, we, we were initially planning on Destroyer, Abandoned Ship, and Lifeline being the music videos. Uh, and singles because that's like just the beginning of the album right that makes a lot of sense with a concept record to kind of have those be the three that come out and you have videos for them and everything else i i get that though like i know from just listening and and we'll get into you know you work with and are the i think your your official title would be editor for the lead singer lead singer syndrome podcast right so like you've listened to that you've probably had to listen to that too much in editing um and uh you know they'll talk about they'll talk about on that sometimes how unfortunately it's just the fact of the matter that the more singles you put out the better the streaming numbers are right so as much as like i feel like any band because you're like me like if i had a full album coming out i wouldn't really want to put out more than probably three songs because you want to kind of hold a little bit but at the same time Mm -hmm. again it's just it is where it is in the music industry now right like they want god you see some bands now um that'll put out (laughs) seven of the 10 songs on a record before it comes out or whatever else right so it's just unfortunately kind of what it go where it goes with the streaming stuff but yeah all five of those songs um are are really great uh and it's interesting even just hearing listening to the five different ones that have been out for the upcoming album which is is spelled e-l-s-e-w-a-e-r i'm guessing it's still pronounced elsewhere right Um, yeah yeah yep uh uh they're all very good and it's also a very very good like kind of one of my microcosm 
of the sound that you guys do because I was listen- I hadn't actually listened to Every Day is a Nightmare, but it all feels the same before today was one that maybe just like, you know how Spotify is, you just like lose it on your radar or whatever else. And that one's yeah. a straight up for the most part, you know, kind of a hip hoppy pop song, right? Like there's uh-huh. there's a lot of um electronic elements going on in it. That's nothing new for you guys. You guys have obviously done a lot of that before. Um you bring in, you know, your your bios on your official website and everything else. Talk about how you bring in mm-hmm. I mean, I think, you know, you name off so many different genres and I would say you probably still miss some that that that, that are influences, right? Um Right. So kind of speak to that i want to kind of maybe in that instance we'll go back and we'll end up talking about the record again as well but um you guys have been around since 2015 on your official website you know it talks about that you guys started as a metalcore group and Mm -hmm. um have since then branched out a lot you reference some of my favorite bands as like lincoln park bring me the horizon as some of the big influences among many others um yeah so uh one how did the band start and to what got you guys into going from, hey, we're this, you know, for lack of a better word, metalcore or metal, you know, modern metal band, um, to mm-hmm. switching to having some songs that really sound like they could be, um, you know, on a on a hip hop or on a on a on a pop playlist as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so with this, the band started, I was in a in a different band with Jackson. Um, but so I guess to include that part into the story, uh, I met Jackson in audio class at college, okay. basically. Um, it was, we were just you know, learning about recording and we had to record music as part of like one of the class lab example things. And I heard Jackson sing. I was like, oh my goodness. I got yeah. to <laughs> gotta get Jackson to my band. Um, which didn't, didn't exist yet, but, uh, I was like, yeah, what kind of music do you like? Um, you know, connected over emo and metal and stuff. Uh, and so we started a band and for, for a lot of the first like bit, I was basically just like writing riffs and then asking Jackson to, to sing over it. Um, and so as, as we've gone along, basically we've started to include more of Jackson's like electronic music production and uh, just pop songwriting and using that more at, at the beginning of the process of writing songs instead of just like adding Jackson in afterwards. Right. Um, and so there's, there's been that. And then there was also um, when we got um, Husty, J- Justin, who the, the other guitarist who also does vocals, uh, he does a, most of the, the, the rapping and the screaming. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he is much more of a, of a hip hop person. Uh, and so that, that, that's that influence coming in. And so it's, it's just been like taking my, taking like this, this initial core uh, of my, um, metal songwriting and then just adding uh, like all these other influences around it through the other people. Um, and so that's, that's why it now these days. It, we, I feel like we've finally come into our own of like really mixing all these things together in each in each song, but also like just looking at uh, the demo folder that we had, it was like a good distribution of songs that song ideas that I had, song ideas that Jackson had, song ideas that Hoosty had, and just kind of starting from our our visions separately and then coming together. 
Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, you can definitely tell it's got to be. I mean, I guess, I guess you can't say you got to tell because there are those people that just can write a, you know, they could write a polka song along with a metal song if they wanted to, I guess, or something. But, but you can tell it's it's got to be very eclectic because because one, there's such a blend of influences, um, and and two, like the the songs, you know. I, there, there are bands. I can think of a few bands. I'm not going to name them, but, but that that attempt to do what you guys do, but it can come off a little, um, uh, a little disjointed or sometimes a little mm. cheesy, especially with the rap parts influence into, uh, influence of the music. But that's not the case with you guys at all. It feels very much like, um you have someone in the band that is heavily influenced by hip hop. You have someone in the band right. that's heavily influenced by electronic music and pop. And then you've got you who's heavily influenced by probably bands similar to what I've listened to in my life, whether it's emo or post hardcore or metal or insert sub genre of wherever, you know? Um, right. And, and so I think that helps a lot. I think there's a lot of bands that try to do that blending because we all grew up listening to Lincoln park or something like that, that, or bring the horizon mm-hmm. more recently now that that does a good job of blending music, but you have to come to it with like the original. I feel like more like I don't know, like more original um, genres. Like you can't just kind of try to reach out and grasp from like another band that does a similar style. Uh, you have to kind of go back a little bit. You, does that make sense? Like like because um, I know like you for instance before this band or kind of during this band as well I don't know the timeline too well at one point you were in Dragged Under you can hear mm-hmm. the 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 riffs that you wrote in that first album The World Is In Your Way that 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 you guys had which is one of my I, I geeked over that album when that came out it was I, I loved that record so much as well yeah. um, you can hear some of that in Designer Disguise of like I would I'm not gonna sit here and try to guess which riffs were yours and which were somebody else's, but but you can hear that kind of, um, I don't know, you know, like kind of riffy, very um, very cool rhythms mixed in with the more electronic elements and rap and everything else like that. So so um, uh-huh. I'm guessing with what you said, do you guys come to it more collaboratively when it comes to songwriting? Do you come to it with bits and pieces and try to put them together, or is it more like Jackson writes a song. Um, uh, you said your your guitarist Justin. It was it was it a nickname yeah. you had? What would you say? Was it <laughs> sorry? Yeah, Hoosty. Hoosty. Um, so was it? Is it like? Yeah. Is it Hoosty comes with a song? Jackson comes with a song. You come with a song, or is it more collaborative? Or, or what's kind of the writing process there? Especially with like, when it comes to a concept record, I would think there has to be right. more collaboration, a little more old school, maybe, or maybe I'm wrong, but. <laughs> I mean, we we've done it uh, all the different variations of that of everything you said. Basically, uh, sometimes I have a full song. Sometimes Justin have a full song. Sometimes we just have bits and pieces. Um, and basically, what we do mostly just end up coming together um, and figuring out all the all the all the putting it together together. Um, and I do end up kind of leading a lot of that because just we we do it in the studio basically. Um, just in front of in front of logic just putting these pieces together right and uh you know i'm i'm the one like using the mouse and keyboard for the most part during that process right um so uh, i will I'll, I'll be doing stuff and they'll be like oh try this try this uh and it, it's it is mostly collaborative just like oh well, 
uh, what if we what if you try to do this like a Jack Jackson or like try to like sing sing a guitar riff uh, or or something right uh, and so yeah it, it's mostly collaborative uh, and we're, we're all we're all there in in the in the studio kind of going back with you a bit I would like to maybe talk about what got you started because for anyone that doesn't know Josh is the guitarist and and one of the songwriters obviously in designer disguise former guitarist in the band dragged under um a producer that that works with a lot of other bands and does a great job when it comes to mixing and mastering i know i was looking it looks like you actually do the production and i'm and i don't know about the mixing and mastering but you have the producer mm-hmm. credits on a lot of designer disguise stuff um yeah. so kind of what got you started in music um i know also just for you personally from knowing you for a little bit that you've lived in a couple different countries kind of have an interesting story on that regard right um oh, not, yeah. not too many people can say they went from one place to france to to washington to whatever else right and end up in like yeah. some hardcore bands and some different stuff so kind of speak to that what got you first you know what was your first um kind of uh, this is going to be a dramatic word, but I'll use it. What was your first kind of enlightenment into music? What got you going right. with guitar and production and, and, and kind of speak to that a bit. Uh, okay. So okay, life, life story time, I guess. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do, say as much as you want, you know? So my, my dad's American uh, from California and my mom is Taiwanese. Um, my dad moved to Taiwan after he, he was done with college, met my mom there. Um, they got married and they and then had me. I was born in Taiwan, and then we moved to France when I was uh, around one year one year old. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where I grew up in France, and then I moved to the U.S. Uh, when I was eighteen after after high school um, to go to college here, uh, and also to pursue music because. By that time, I was fairly sure that that was something I wanted to do, if not for just, if not for everything, you know, work and and all that, at least as a, as a hobby. Um, and I, I just felt the U.S. was the place to do it if I wanted to make a rock slash metal band, which is what I was trying to do. Um, yeah, it seems like there's uh, unfortunately there's few and far between that come out from from France. I can think of a few, right? But like mm-hmm. just the the market for it isn't quite as obnoxiously huge as the United States, right? So that makes a lot of sense for sure. There's just many ways that it's just like society as a whole is just not really set up for it. Uh, which is funny because there's a lot of people that like it. It's just I'm not really sure what it is about the system that just doesn't set people up to like be able to make a band like there's something like little entrepreneurial aspects of of being in a band that just are so much harder um compared to the u.s uh just booking shows you for yourself like buying studios to and getting even just getting gear like everything everything is just like slightly harder (laughs) and it it makes it makes a big difference uh touring like just like hopping in a van and going around the country with your friends like that's 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 so it's so much harder um yeah yeah but yeah that That makes a lot of sense but yeah um as far as getting into music goes um my my parents will will, will say that i was 
uh, a music baby, just like as just as uh, early on as one or two, like before I could say it was, I was like, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> and um, I, ha- I had <laughs> a family friend gave gave me this little like toy keyboard um, when I was like one or two, or, I think it was probably it was probably two or something, and I was carrying this little thing around with me everywhere, going back, which is like I wasn't playing music, but at that point, probably I was just kind of like slapping it and making sounds. Right. Uh, but um, my parents signed me up for piano classes, like as early as they were able to, like which, whichever music school was taking for the youngest kids. I think I was five when I started piano classes, um, and. I played piano for a while, then uh, I switched to clarinet. Um, Hell yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> I honestly don't remember why I chose clarinet, but uh, I played clarinet, and I was like in the school orchestra and stuff. Um, and then when I was thirteen, I discovered rock and roll, <laughs> or I, it was. I don't think thirteen. Like middle school i'd say like, like 11 or something um mm-hmm. i had this mp3 and mp3 player um that had like i think it was 32 megabytes space <laughs> so big like at that. the time right <laughs> yeah right like it was, was like so, oh my. so many songs right yeah yeah <laughs> i was like oh my god i can have like more than just an album on this thing because before that it was right. like a cd player a cd player and you had to like listen to yeah. one album at a time uh and so but yeah and so i had this mix my, my dad um had this vast library of like pirated music, <laughs> like Napster stuff. Um, yeah, classic for the time, right? Yeah. Uh, and he just like loaded little little bits and pieces onto my beat. He'd be like, check this out, check this out, check this out. Because he had all this music that he, he would listen to that was like, oh, I like this. Oh, I like this. And so I think he had gleaned by that time that I was probably into like guitar music, essentially. It's the, I think the umbrella. I'll, I'll call it it's not just rock it's just like guitar music um and so there was stuff like acdc and electric light orchestra boston uh in there so kind of like classic rock and then just in the middle of this of this rock stuff there's one song by amon marth which which even, is i don't even know if i know who that wait wait who who is that i that i'm drawing a blank on that one uh, that's that is just like straight up melodic death metal. Okay, okay, I got gotcha. you. Um, and so, I can, I can kind of see what looking back, like when he put that in there. There's like guitar harmonies and stuff. Yeah, but it, it, it's just like completely different. And I remember just like listening to that one song. Like I, lo- I love the other stuff too. I listened to that one song like on repeat, like in my, with my MP3 player going to school in the bus. I was like, "What is this?" Uh, and and found started talking about it with my friends that I was making in school, and then you know came to discover all, all sorts of other metal and stuff. Uh, and so, two years later, I'm still playing clarinet in the orchestra. <laughs> like, like mom and dad, I think I want to play guitar. Yeah. Uh, and so, and so I started playing guitar. Um, which was, um, the most, like, I've ever, ever, I I didn't really feel like I was as much of a musician until then, because with a piano and clarinet and just kind of the classical music world, you're just in, in 
a, a thing of learning pieces that are composed right. and mm-hmm. you're not really allowed to do anything not not not, not allowed but it's not the teachers aren't like let teaching you to write <laughs> you're, you're just learning pieces um right right and with and with guitar um I, I, it was it was so much more like oh here's a guitar like write some music and that mm-hmm. that was really that was really the, the i think what really got me into being a musician not just playing music as a kid playing music um uh, yeah that i, I was think, able to uh, write i think sorry to interrupt, but like i think that's you know because mm-hmm. i'm in a similar boat i started playing saxophone when i was like 10 years old and i loved it and i was pretty good at it um, I could probably still pull one out and play something on it, but I think mm-hmm. there's something to the, cre- you know, a lot of people that get into music, it's for the creative side, right? It's not for, mm-hmm. um, it's not for just like learning how to play a very complicated song. Like as much as like probably mm-hmm. even you or I, when we first started playing guitar, right? You look up tabs or if you learn sheet music, you look at sheet music, whatever else. And you try to learn some complicated stuff. You try to learn a riff you really like or something, but there's, there's an itch that get that gets finally scratched when like you make your first riff or right. you, you make something that you haven't heard somebody else do that, that you're doing. And I think mm-hmm. that's where guitar or bass or drums or, you know, piano, depending upon the band, right. Um, mm-hmm. More so now, I think in, in some of the more modern metal stuff, um, where like it's not just on learning an instrument and playing music it's like it's getting to paint right it's not tracing it's getting to paint so to speak with sound and that, yeah. that makes a lot of sense i think for a lot of people where like guitar just gets that space where you can just turn on an amp and rip and and make something you've never heard before right exactly uh yeah i mean it's, it's basically getting to i think the, the like the big division in music is there's there's like composed class composed music and then mm-hmm popular music which is the big umbrella for like you know anything from pop to metal to hip-hop uh mm-hmm. and yeah i was like playing playing piano clown it's like what am i gonna do write a symphony <laughs> right right um <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and yeah uh it's like i was learning guitar trying to learn all these songs by pulling tabs from ultimate guitar we've all, we've all been there uh <laughs> yeah and <laughs> Um, and with, like using using Guitar Pro, and I, I I feel like I had all of this background of like a decade of learning solfege and um, like deconstructing classical music and like really um, learning how to analyze music, and I was I was pulling all these tabs and being like, this is wrong. Like all of this is wrong. <laughs> like there was just like so many like it felt so obvious like like who who made this tab like definitely not the artist right Uh, and so i i started doing a lot of like of like editing of of these like guitar profiles that that i would find on the online and Mm -hmm. re-upload re-uploading them fixed um and so then that I, i figured out basically how to use guitar pro really well and I started writing a lot of stuff just in Guitar Pro, as I'm sure many of us have. Um, and so that that was, I think, the beginning of the the slope towards production, because I was then like writing guitar parts, but I was I was also writing drums, bass parts, like 
rhythm guitar part and a lead guitar part at the same time because you can't do both. Um, um, and and then uh, I, it was it was in um, I think it was some kind of science class. Uh, we were learning about waveforms, uh, and and the teacher pulled up Audacity, <laughs> and, and was like, "Oh my God, you can do that in a com- on a computer." Right. Uh, <laughs> and so I went home, downloaded Audacity, and that that started that journey. Uh, that's that's where I first started too, though, man. Like Audacity was as for for as. I don't know. Like I think about it now. I you open it up and it looks like worse than like Microsoft Word as far as like what you could do on it. But but um, it was such a uh, such a good starting point for a lot of people to just realize, hey, I can record this, edit it a little bit, and like mm-hmm. kind of see where this goes, right? Um, so no, that that that's that's funny that that in a science class you're learning about waveforms and that's where you can <laughs> get your first DAW, I guess, for lack of a better <laughs> better term for that, right? Yep, I and mean, I got Mixcraft, you know, cracked Easy Drummer, <laughs> the 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 usual, and you know, but years later, here we are. Uh, then I was, but so this was uh, the the this audacity thing is like around the end of middle school and the beginning of high school is when I started actually playing some of this stuff in bands. Like I had all, all of these like riffs lying around and start and I started a high school band and started making, turning those, all of those riffs into actual songs and recording the songs. Like there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff that, that that's still up on YouTube and stuff. But um, Yeah. What was the name of the band? Because it's always funny to hear people's like early bands because you never know. Sometimes there is a genuinely cool band name, but most of the time it's someone trying to do something like so edgy and deep that it's just terrible or yeah. something, right? Yeah. I mean, so the, the, the first band that, that I started, uh, we, we, there's not, not, none of that is up there, <laughs> but it was called Trinity of Oblivion. Trinity of Oblivion. I love it. That is so like first band name material, right? Right. Like, right. Especially like if you're listening, was it like a heavier band? Um, yeah, yeah. We were, we were like, oh, dude, we're gonna. It's gonna be so brutal, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you. Co- I, I, I I wish I could think of some like because I was in so many like failed projects where people would try to like be heavy or something, and then just like you never did a show or something like that. But God, the band names you try to come up with to be like cool and metal. It's like, man, just, just, I don't know, pull something from a book or something, right? Like, but so Trinity of Oblivion, I absolutely love it. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, I think that the the bands that have stuff that we actually like made stuff with, um, there was the landscape and Celsius X. Um, Not too I bad. Think the Celsius <laughs> X music videos are 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 still on YouTube. Um, but yeah, that was the, that was the, the bands that like actually like you know wrote some songs, recorded some of the songs, like did did our best to make music videos using my mom's camera. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best yeah. though, like because you don't know. It, there's something. There's something fun though in the um, in hindsight of those things or memory of those things of just realizing you didn't know what the hell you were doing. And there's like kind of like a magic to that too, though. Right. Like there's, there's a lot of love you can kind of have in the back of like, before I was able to like analyze every little thing. And I was just, you know, me and my friends just ripping and trying to see what can come out of it. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, that, that was the that was the beginning of the band dream. Uh, and I think uh, there's there's two there's two documentaries that 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 I remember being big like um, impetuses for my two big dreams in life, um, which are being a producer, like working in a studio and being in a band that tours, uh, for, for the studio thing, there was, um, there's a, a DVD, a live DVD by Rammstein, um, that, that included, um, a little like 20 minute documentary, um, about the making of their album, Rise Riza. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they basically like took all of this gear, like got a house somewhere in the middle of nowhere, Germany, um, set up like, like it was like a, t- a shit ton of gear that you needed back then to make a record. Right. Um, like, they, you know, like they had like a full on, full on, like huge console and all this stuff. Um, and they were just like set up in this, uh, house for months, just working on the music and i was and i was like this is this is it this is it right here i just want to set up in a house do nothing but create music for months and that that just seems like the life yeah no kidding um especially seeing i know exactly uh, what what documentary you're talking about and watching that it's like that is the pinnacle of like just being able to create something with i mean like you said one it's rammstein so like they were able to afford any equipment they they wanted right and and yeah to just like seeing you know i've watched some like that like i've watched like a metallica one and stuff like that too where you just like as a kid you see mm-hmm. um you see them just like create amazing music out of nothing and you're just like god i would love to just sit there and do that as much as i can right yeah yeah, and and I think the other part of that too is also that they were making like this like crushingly heavy metal stuff, and they were also just adding like the weirdest sounds. Like <laughs> there's like there, there, there there's shots of like the keyboard dude just like plonking around making some weird sounds, and they're all like, "Oh yeah, 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 that's cool, that's cool, let's do that." Uh, and just like the pair, I think. They were they were the the first band for me that was those were like oh you can like do metal and like add in all this other stuff uh, I was like oh my god that, that that's so cool like this is the there's like distortion guitar plus all this like digital sound that mm-hmm. and it all worked together so well and I was like that is just so cool I want to do that absolutely um the the tour the touring documentary is um the the parkway drive um it was like home home is for the hopeless something something along something along those lines it, it was the um is this uh yeah there's a, a documentary game. home is for the heartless hopeless something, home is for the like heartless. yeah home is for the heartless yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um and that that was just because parkway drive um seems they're just like the most down-to-earth group of dudes just making music with their friends playing it around the world having fun uh and like they're it just seems like such a great vibe uh and they're they're like taking breaks from touring to like ride motorcycles around south america (laughs) and 
I'm just like stop, stopping in, in all these places just to surf. Uh, and it's like the, this like vacation with touring, like a combo vibe. That was like that, 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 that sparked the, the, the touring dream. Yeah. Which, which unfortunately, like not unfortunately, but when, uh, when, not to say that that's not a, an, an amazing goal and that like, I, I know exactly that documentary is incredible. Like kind of the scenes they show and like them having so much fun. And then you, of course, like with, with you, you've, you've toured and, and at least played, played a lot of live shows and everything else. Like you're like, that's not quite what I get to start doing when I tour. There's a lot of eating terrible food mm-hmm. and, uh, and, uh, a, a lot of highways with nothing for miles and miles and, and, and mm-hmm. hope, hope, you know, at least now for us, we can put on any podcast or audio book or music we want in the van or something like that. Right. But like, uh, exactly. uh, that's definitely a goal for, for touring fans for sure. Right. That, that, that's the dream that they, they, like in that, in that documentary, they've arrived. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're, they're even bigger now playing huge stadiums and shit but to to me that 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 is the, the like the place if 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 i ever get there it's like okay i have arrived that's that's uh, the that's the you know because people say this all the time that's like the made it for you is is being able to like exactly that's let a, me that's take my day off and go surf you know when i'm in you know whatever country you want to name, you know, outside of the United States or, or whatever else. Hell yeah, definitely. I mean, that's, that is the goal exactly. to be able to actually travel mm-hmm. and tour at the same time and, and actually enjoy the different cultures and stuff around or whatever else. And not just like, you know, well, here's our $2 budget for Taco Bell for, for our, for our trip to Iowa city or something like that. Right. Yeah, Exactly. But I mean, I very fast also got the the reality of of it, and I still and I still loved it just as much. I mean, right, right. Um, so the yeah, so I, I moved to the U.S. in 2012. Um, like I graduated high school in 2012, like that summer, and then started college here that fall. Um, and um, I was taking this uh, video production class in college, um, and uh, one of one of the, for an assignment we had to like make any kind of video project and um this this dude from a band a local band came came into the class and was like hey do any of you of you students want to make a music video for us for free and <laughs> of course right but you, you can you, you can you can use it as your as, as your video project and, and it's so funny to me looking back now of like as a person in band is like that was so smart yeah no kidding right <laughs> but but uh, i was i was so stoked um to, to make a music video and we had like access to all this um college campus equipment and stuff so we had a, a ton of gear and we actually made a pretty pretty decent music video um and that that i guess i i really clicked with that band they, they liked me i liked them a lot um and i started doing merch for them at shows a lot uh and so that when then when came time for them to tour i I went with them uh on a on a full u.s tour um so this also this band is called was called truth under attack they are no longer together i feel like um, i actually know i've i've heard of that band before that name sounds familiar so so you got to do a full your first full U.S. tour was with was as kind of a merch person for Truth Under Attack. Okay, 
Yeah, and so this is um, summer of two thousand thirteen. Not having lived in the country for a full year yet. Oh shit! Here, yeah. here, <laughs> here, 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 I am getting getting to spend uh, like it was uh, yeah a month and a half straight in in this nineteen ninety four Chevy Suburban pulling a trailer <laughs> with with five other people. Uh, it was. I mean, like that's that's as like dirty as you as you can do it. Oh yeah, just like, yeah. As DIY as it gets this. about, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like the bassist, uh, he booked the that entire tour him, like himself. Uh, right. Like a f- month and a half. Like it, it's crazy to me how how well it went. Honestly, looking back, like <laughs> most of the most most of the like. Most of the shows happened, which you would be surprised is actually an accomplishment. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. and uh and like yeah, those with like literally nobody. And then there were shows that really popped off. Um but uh, it was great. I, I got to meet a lot of people all over the country. I got to see like a, a, a majority of the country. Um Probably, probably more of the country awesome. than than I've even seen, and I've lived here my whole life, right? So, so that yeah, that that would be that would be uh, that would be great. So, um, and and to speak to the uh, the the uh, most of the shows going over, I do have some friends that that tour, um, pretty consistently full time with with their bands, um, and yeah, you hear about at least three of the shows getting canceled or just like a book it, you know, whoever booked it with the person just like forgot. <laughs> They, they said there would be a show there on a given Wednesday or whatever else, and you're just like, well, I guess we're gonna sleep in the van at Walmart or something, you know. So that's, so yeah, there's there's a lot to be said for that for sure. Yeah, lots of lots of crashing out in a Walmart parking lot. Mm-hmm. That was, yeah, go and go in, go in afterwards, and you know, wake up in the morning, go w- wash up in a Walmart bathroom. Yep. Buy some Lunchables. Good times. <laughs> yeah, Lunchables. That's amazing. Um, so, so a tour with Tr- Truth Under Attack as the merch person. I'm guessing you're the only person mm-hmm. out outside of the band that was mm-hmm. with them, right? There was obviously like no tech, no nothing, right? No. Um, no. When I was doing a lot of the, of the extra stuff, though, I was like, you know, like taking pictures and videos while they were playing right. sometimes and yeah saying saying uh, yeah. merch is you're really more the auxiliary everything person i'm sure right and every, right you know, and helping, helping people load in and out and, and, and yeah. getting paid so much for it i'm sure right <laughs> oh, oh literally i i just kept tips right yeah and and i and i was stoked like i was great yeah yeah well i would be too especially you know at that age, too, you're talking, you said, so you came here 2012, less than a year later, mm-hmm. you're touring. I mean, you're in college, yeah, I'm 18. you know, yeah, you're 18, <laughs> um, a little different than now, right? When you have to think about mm-hmm. like money for this, money for that, whatever else you're like, yeah, if I can get enough money to get some, like get a, you know, whatever meal instead of eating, you know, <laughs> Lunchables or something for the next day. That sounds great. You know, um, that, that'd be yeah. awesome. I, I wish I would have been able to do something like that. I totally would have jumped on and been like, yeah, give me, give me 10 bucks at best a day to go get some food. I'll be your, I'll be your person. Hell yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't, I didn't even have rent to pay. Like my shit was in storage between like 
the years of college. Right, right. Um, yeah, so <laughs> like, you, you. I literally had nothing to pay for. Like, I think a phone bill was was basically it. Right. It's one of those things that even though in college you make, even if you have a job, you have n- like no money in college. You also have like the most flexible income at the same time because there's no mm-hmm. responsibility to pay for as much shit or whatever. Um, so. So you get to do the first tour. Did you do much else um, before you kind of got into a band and started wanting to do shows in the United States? Uh, did you do any other like touring as sort of a merch or photographer or anything like that, or did that kind of just get the fire under you know kind of get the fire under you to to get going with your own band? Um, I did. I did a few more tours with uh, as merch guy with um, True Thunder Attack, and I got I got to see some cool stuff like they. They played um, Warp Tour for a couple dates. Um, they did they did a, a showcase for Victory Records at one point. Um, so I got to see a lot of this like behind the scenes stuff uh, Wait, before, that, that, before they were, I, that they were doing. Truth, Truth Under Attack. What kind of music was that? I I might actually have their EP literally saved from my iTunes from back in the day. Was that kind of like <laughs> a pop punk? Uh, uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like pop, 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 pop punk, easy, easy core. With a, fe- with, a fe- with a female uh, vocalist too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I totally, I totally <laughs> found them on uh, on MySpace, bought their record, Dude. and you know what? I bet I was at one of the shows that you were at, like, because it would have been around the time that I went and saw them in uh, in Illinois. And I, yeah, I still, it's one, cause you know, you buy stuff on iTunes and it never goes away. And, and I had their EP Dude. and, and one of their singles, um, on, uh, on iTunes. So, yep. Yep. I, I bet I was at yeah, the same yeah. show you were about a decade ago. I had no idea. That's amazing. <laughs> they, they had, their, their EP, this was like mind blowing to me at the time that their EP had a, a single with Bert from Chunk, no Captain Chunk. Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. And they, and they had another single with Ashi at, with from at the time City Lights. Yeah, City uh, Lights, which is another band that I I saw. New, actually, I played a show with and 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 uh, the House Cafe and thought they were in 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 DeKalb, Illinois. I acted like you would know who that is, but in in, in Illinois. Um, <laughs> and the next thing I know, I see that guy playing bass with Beartooth at like a stadium or something, and I was like, "What the hell right? is happening?" You know. So that's that is such a small world that you're you're with that band, and I guarantee. I might have even bought a shirt from you or something. That's so funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I I remember um, being in the car with them uh, when they first when like Beartooth first happened, and they're like, "What? Oh my God! There's what is this? Like the dude from Attack Attack?" Yeah, yeah. And then you're like, "Oh, and this this music bangs! Like this is so good. It, it was yeah. so good. Uh, I have I have a problem that first single. I, uh-huh. I, that that shit blew my mind." I mean, you, you you can still you can still hear the the, the aftermath of that uh, in that in that dragged under record. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, like, definitely. What, what the say, fuck? What the I was, fuck? I was gonna say like when I first because I I had roommates that were a that were big Attack Attack fans. I had never like I had seen them live because they were with other bands or whatever that I liked, but um, but uh. I was never a big fan, and then I heard that first single from Beartooth, I Have a Problem, and I was like, holy shit, this guy writes amazing music, and same thing, like, that that stuff uh, really made a big difference for me when it came to, like, writing music or whatever, because you're like, yeah, this kind of double, double time, just fast as shit, like, riffing was just so good, you know? 
but yeah, uh, that's so crazy that you, you also knew them. That, that's so cool. But, uh, yeah, they, they really, uh, they really, um, showed me just like how much hard work it takes to do this stuff, but also how possible it is, uh, to like do this stuff that was like, Oh, one day I might be able to like tour or like have a song featuring, uh, uh, the singer from a band that I like. And it was like, oh, you can literally, you can literally just email them, ask them to be in a song, and they'll do it. Like, that, that was that was so crazy to me. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, they're they're also people. I was like, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> um. Oh yeah. And so, uh, so Ke Keegan at the time, the, he was the bassist in Truth Under Attack. Yes, he he was he was all he was the one doing all the business stuff and making all the all this shit happen, um, and he he basically was like, hey, uh, I mean, so while I was while I was touring with Return Attack, like I had all these like I was you know I was making demos and shit, um, and he he was like, hey, like I I really liked all that stuff you were working on. You you wanna you wanna start a band, um, and so that's basically how Designer just got started. It was me, Jackson and keegan uh and so jackson and i had all this musical like music dreams and all this stuff that we were starting to work on and then uh keegan really helped um do like introduce us to how like the the other logistics i guess of being in a band like practice like getting a practice space <laughs> booking shows like <laughs> uh getting getting merch made and all, all all this like stuff that it, it, it kind of seems uh just normal to me now uh but back then i was like oh how'd you how'd you do this how'd you do this and he like ha he had all the answers and he he had all this ex all this experience from being in this other band uh and he had already gone through all the trial and error and so it, it really helped uh jackson and i get started in a in a band that was already like we like we played our first uh we record an ep played a show um and like everything already felt like oh we're like doing this thing as a band and he had he knew all all, all people and other bands in the scene um and yeah it was it was a good kickstart i guess well it does help definitely to because you know clearly you and jackson like you said you went to you went you went to school for music right josh is that is that what um, you went so to school for uh, it was, I did this uh, combination degree, essentially, of like music and business and audio tech. Right. So, so between you and Jackson, it wasn't like you needed somebody to come in that knew more music theory or knew more. Right, right, right. But having somebody come in that had already been in a band that toured that can help out figuring out like talking to this person about a studio space or talking to that person or figuring out the right the right company 
Um, especially when things weren't so streamlined on like now mm-hmm. online, I feel like with merch to start out with an opening with a new band, you could really find a thousand websites that you send them some logo and they figure out how to put it on, right? But like right. even then, um, you would need somebody to at least tell you like this is what you should do, this is what you shouldn't do, here's mm-hmm. how business works a little bit with it. That would be that would be a good help. And then um so you get this band started. Um when did and we don't have to talk about this band too much, it's not the band you're in anymore. But yeah, you started this band with uh with Jackson, mm-hmm. uh designer disguise and and Keegan formerly from from Tr- Truth Under Attack. Uh when did Dragged Under kind of come into play with that? Was that just them kind of looking for a guitar player? Did you kind of form that at the beginning of the band with them and, and what mm-hmm. kinda happened happened there? Yeah, so th- that band actually um I, I didn't I joined what I joined was Rest Repose, which which was um, th- this band that Fluff uh, and Jared, the two the two the YouTubers of the group, uh, had, yeah, had, yeah. Start, had, had, had 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 started um, and together as just like kind of like a YouTube collaboration type thing, but then became an actual touring band. Um, and there were some member fluctuations happening, and they needed a bassist, and so that's and they they're they're they all live around here. Uh, and so I, I was like, Hey, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be your, your like touring bassist essentially. Um, and that, that, uh, that band basically ended when the drummer at the time, Chris and Jared were like, Hey, we, we, we don't want to tour anymore. Like, no, it wasn't, it wasn't much more than that. Just like, we don't, we don't want to, we don't want to do this. Uh, and so them leaving the band, um, was basically the impetus for me, Tony, and Fluff, the remaining remaining members, um, to start Dragged Under. And Tony was at that time singing in Rest Repose, um, and so that that we just got into the studio and wrote a, a lot of what became that first record, um, along with uh, the, our producer at the time, Hiram Hernandez. He still produces all the Dragged Under stuff. That guy is super talented uh and he, he's the guy that toured with uh with the word alive recently you and i talked about for a minute right like he he got to go out yeah, and play yeah. with them for a bit too which is cool yeah uh we we, we met him uh because he was filling in on bass uh with a band that rest repose was touring with at the time uh i set to kill oh yeah i i, I know that uh, band very well as well yeah yeah and so uh yeah he he had produced their 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 record and so he he was touring with them as well, and uh, he showed us some of the, some of their stuff that he had done. And it's like, oh my god, this this is so good. And um, yeah, he he is one of the most talented individuals I've ever met. Uh, and he he did so much for for Dragged Under. He still and, and still does like uh, so much of that music is actually him. Uh, oh yeah, just his his production and also and also songwriting. Um, I mean, obviously, that's I don't I don't want to. No, no, that's all not, him. That's, but it's like a solid. That's, that's not a. <sighs> yeah. You know, that's not a dock on a band to to find a producer that that helps out with the songwriting a lot. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of people, a lot of people might not realize that some of their favorite bands, you know kind of the key point when it comes to like being a bigger band that really gets to the next level of songwriting yeah. is finding a producer that helps you out with the songwriting process. Like 
It's just mm-hmm. it is what it is. Like, you know, it's very rare that a band makes what they make and has a hit record without, you know, and th- this that's where you come into play in general with, with yeah. production side of things too, with other mm-hmm. bands or with your own, like you need a producer. Like you just do, you know, there's, uh-huh. there's very few, not very few bands are like an architects where they just like a majority of the time produce their own music and have somebody come in and engineer it. It's not like that. You know, it's just yeah, writing, yeah, yeah. writing music is just not like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I guess that, like I wrote some riffs. Uh, Hiram did a lot of production, but um, Drag Thunder at, at its core is really uh, Tony, Tony's vision. Because uh, he, he, we were at the end of Rest Repose, he was he was just like, oh, I don't want to do this like rock type thing. Uh, he 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 really wanted to bring in that uh, punk energy uh, that that is right. very obvious in in there. Uh, and yeah, he he is he is definitely the creative the creative force and vision behind drag gender that's 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 all him which which then you know like is i'm sure was i'm sure you had a lot because i saw i even got to see like little rig rundowns and stuff you guys did when you were in the band and stuff like that i'm sure it was a good experience when it came to that record that record's fantastic the world is in your way is 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 a great mm-hmm. great record it's 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 short to the point you know slaps it's it's got the whole nine yards of really catchy choruses and all that but um, designer disguise, which you were clearly in the entire time you were also in mm-hmm. Drag Thunder, um, was clearly like even when I talked to you when I first joined the Lead Singer Syndrome Patreon um, group and everything else like that was clearly the one that you know that was your baby, right? Like that's that's yeah. like mm-hmm. that's that's that was clearly like you know this is what I'm going for. This is what I really enjoy. This is you know. And you could see the influence of of like like we talked about earlier of like all these different elements coming into play, especially with the EP you guys put out in 2020. So, um, you know, you guys were in that band for a long time. You you leave Dragged Under. I don't remember exactly what when when around did you did you decide to kind of make Designer Disguise the the kind of one band you were you were in. Yeah, I mean, you, I, I was. I never, I never really intended to be in several bands. Uh, I was, uh, it just kind of like started from it like, happened. oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play bass for a tour to like, oh, we're suddenly right. we're like, we suddenly we, 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 yeah. we started a band. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, there's the, the me leaving, me leaving dragged under was uh, a lot, a lot of factors, um, mo- mostly related to my health. Uh, I was, I just wasn't gonna oh, be able to right. tour. That's right. Um, mm-hmm. And. Uh, so that and that, that kind of lined up with with the pandemic, anyways, and nobody so nobody mm-hmm. toured anyways. But um, yeah, I, I got I got home from that uh, the tour at, in January and February of 2020 with the used, which was incredible. That that was like still the most incredible thing I've ever done. Yeah, um, no kidding. <laughs> sold, sold out sold out shows around the country with the used, like crazy um right band i used to listen to in middle school you know um but uh yeah it, it was very very hard very very hard for me on my health um that, that's, that's like a little a little section of my life that we haven't touched on yet um which oh yeah is that, that's right that's right <laughs> which, which is that i had leukemia in 2016 and so that's yeah, that's would... i'm still feeling i'm still feeling that yeah and and God, like touring, like good on you for one, 
you know, it seemed like you still genuinely enjoyed the touring, you know, like mm -hmm. I, I would see your, you know, I kind of see your journey from, I mean, like you said, playing with the U's would be a big pick me up emotionally, right? Like just, just yeah. kind of like this thing that you can check off the bucket list of like, I played with the band that I like, that probably was a huge influence with you when you were a kid. Um, yeah. that millions and millions of people listen to it kind of shaped a genre in a lot of ways, but, um, yeah, during that time you're dealing with this, this very intense, you know, I've had, I've had family members that have had that and, and it's, it's no joke to say the least. So how like, uh, you know, the, I guess the fortitude and emotional and physical stamina you'd have to have to one continue on in a band like that and still to have a positive experience with that says a lot about you as a person like like very kudos to you I don't know that I would have I I don't I mean I can't even imagine but but um what was that kind of journey like if you don't mind I mean I if you don't want to talk about it it's okay no, it's but but like if you if you just want to talk about kind of what that was like for you and the profession you're in, um, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure that was a very complicated, um, situation for you. Yeah. I mean, my health has gone up and down a lot since, since that first beginning. Cause I mean, I, I was in remission like after three months, um, like the actual, like having cancer part of it is actually very small. Most, most of the stuff that, I'm still dealing with is is just from like the treatment of it, um, right? And so it's been very up and down. Um, and so I was like, at the time when I joined Rust Repose, I was like feeling pretty good um, for the most part. Uh, and uh, I basically, yeah, I pushed myself way too hard trying to jump back into into shit too soon. Um, I think I, uh, yeah, I just kind of went went for it. Right. And was irresponsible, and I, I just uh, tried very hard, and uh, I, I think I was I was you know I was doing it, but um, to the detriment of my health overall. Uh, <laughs> right, right. And so when I when I got home from tour that that tour in twenty twenty, it just all kind of crashed down. I was like, oh, this uh, this is what I've been well, like my body was putting off for, for all this time. Right, right. You do the tour, you're kind of like hopped up both on just adrenaline and being stoked on the, especially a tour like that, like who wouldn't be um, come home in reality. I mean, I've heard that from, from musicians in general that aren't dealing with a, let's face it, like a, a life, uh, a, a life endangerment illness, right? Like people mm -hmm. will just like get off tour and realize they're sick or something, you know, or like, or just like it all hits and like, you're so exhausted or whatever else. Um, on top of yep. that, it's not like, you know, it's not like you moved here with your family, you know, which a lot of people tend to, you know, be able to, if they're, if they're fortunate enough to, um, uh, kind of, kind of put their head on or put their, put their, you know, put their head on the shoulder, so to speak of a family member that lives close by and, Yours clearly did, did not, right? You came here for school. You yep, came here for yep. music. They're living in a different country. Um, mm -hmm. So was uh, one, I guess, like you said, you left the band right before the pandemic hit where the band didn't end up touring anyway. But has that, mm -hmm. has that been something you've kind of had to keep 
on your radar still to this day a little bit with things going forward with your current projects and, and everything else? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's very, I'm definitely trying to take it easy at this point. Um, I, I'm everything is for the doing everything for the long-term goal, I guess. Uh, yes. Right. Doing music, uh, for a long time. Um, and so I'm not, I'm not really sure what that's going to look like. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, just gonna focus more on doing music healthily for a long time. Yeah. And, uh, we'll see how that looks for various what, things. What, 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 what works in this day and age and also works for your band is you can have so much growth happen nowadays. And actually it, whether you're touring or not growth happens online (laughs) more than anything else, whether people like that or not, you know, I've talked to some people that like hate the hell out of that, you know, that wish it could be the days of 2012, say when you were, when you were doing merch stuff or, or earlier where like, it still felt like, shows were where bands mm-hmm. grew and we yeah. just we both know that that's just not not how music is anymore like you grow the band to have people come to your show through through uh-huh. online presence right for better yep. or for worse um you guys have done a great great job on that over the past year i've even noticed because i went to go look at because this is something I, I try to look at before i have anybody on is just you know the streaming numbers right mm. and i remember when um and years since the pandemic elude me so maybe the last time i really looked at the monthly listeners for designer disguise was when that became your your sole focus when it came to bands Um, Mm -hmm. so it might have been more like two years ago but it's jumped up to over fifty thousand monthly listeners right so yeah i don't remember the exact number when i first looked but it was in the four digits you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. so clearly you guys on the online front are doing something correct um i think a big focus of that is your guys' music sounds, I would say it sounds better than most bands that I listen to that are touring the world side, you know, veteran bands, um, which yeah. says a lot for your production and, 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 you know, mixing and mastering and everything else that's gone into that. The songwriting is incredible. It helps that your both vocalists are so good. You're diversified mm. so you can have a large eclectic audience. Um, but, um, have you found have you found that really just the I guess I've kind of answered this question myself, but <laughs> but have you found that just like the you know twenty twenty two platform for bands to to become successful has been the online route, whether it's you know mm-hmm. how you're handling things. You guys have a great social media presence. You also put out songs consistently. You have good music videos, all that kind of stuff. Have you found that that's just like really the way to go? Yeah, we're we're trying. I mean, that this social media stuff is so. It, I I mean, I'll be I'll be completely honest. I hate I, I hate it. <laughs> Every single uh, person says that. Every single person says that, and it's just the way it is, right? But it's the it's the way it is, and we just we just find ways to make it fun for ourselves. Uh, and right. so I, I don't, you know, I don't actually I don't actually hate the like the actual doing of it. Is I, I I the thing I hate is the concept. <laughs> I guess right. Yeah, one hundred percent. Because yeah, we find find ways to make it fun, just like filming ourselves doing goofy shit, making fun music. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I, I can really 
mainly thank Spotify, honestly, for for all for for those jumps in in listeners, because uh, it, it's we can pinpoint it like very directly back to landing spots on editorial playlists, uh, and it's not yeah, it's like it's not it's not just that. Like after that, it grows into more more things as well. But um, people save yeah. it or whatever else. Like I saw, mm-hmm. was it Destroyer that got you guys on like the all new metal uh, editorial? It was one of those. You know, there's a couple of metal ones that I I for, you know forgive me, I forget the names exactly of them. Right. But I saw one of the songs you guys put out within this past year got put on like one of the big like metal playlists, which I'm sure had to help. Right. Like like. Uh-huh. that's that's huge to get on one of those playlists you know yeah uh i, th- I think that the, the big first one was back when we released that ep in 2020 um mm-hmm. our song under our song undercurrent got put yeah. on um at the time it was called new core and now it's called the core um but it's like the metalcore playlist um and that yeah that was like that boosted us so far up. It was it was insane. It was like, oh my god, <laughs> this like this is happening for us finally. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at it right now, and as of uh, you know November 26th, you guys are looking at close to 1.7 million plays for that song. That yeah. is that is crazy. You know that's so that's and like you said, like it it just comes down to somebody at Spotify or you know apple music to a lecture extend or something just like mm-hmm. i like this song let's put it on this playlist right and then next thing you know the numbers just you know like just shoot up and and it is what it is but it does help that the song's great like at the end of the day like that wouldn't happen if you guys went you know didn't have the knowledge that both you and jackson and the rest of the people in the band have when it comes to production and songwriting you know, there's plenty of bands that put out a bunch of music, but if it doesn't have the same quality as, you know, or it doesn't have a similar quality to like the Bring Me the Horizon song that came out or something, like uh, people's attention spans, as you know, <laughs> more mm-hmm. than me even, uh, people's attention spans when it comes to music are like squirrels not <laughs> nowadays. Like, uh, t- you can't. TikTok is like five seconds. If you don't yeah, get, get like, them in like two or three seconds, you're gone. You can't, like, you can't put out a record that's got great songwriting and mediocre production and hope that people are going to read between the lines, you know, and, and think like, Oh, like I really like this song. Like, you know, like you listen to you, you and I listen to some of the same post hardcore bands and stuff like that. If some of those records that came out in 2005 with the production they had and the lack of auto tune, let's be honest, that they had or something um, uh-huh. came out today. People would just like hear it for five seconds and skip on to the next thing. Not because the songs were bad; the songs were great, but the production isn't glossy and and uh, top notch. And people just do not have the attention span for that anymore. You know what I mean? Like it's got to be great yeah. from the start. You know? Yeah, I have to say, the, uh, the, like the streaming numbers, it looks nice. But um, it is also not everything these days. Like, um, oh no, no, it's it, like uh, it, it kind of blows my mind sometimes. I'll like look at our, our number and then check the number of some of my favorite like metal bands, like metal metal, like you know, like Tech Death or something. Um, yeah, yeah. And and it's like they and they have like while we have like fifty thousand, they have like they'll have like ten thousand. And it's like I'm like this is like one of my favorite Tech Death bands, and they they have so so little and yet they come to they come through they, they tour and come through our city and there's like 
at least 50 people there. Uh, right. W- w- would we be able to pull 50 people in a bunch of cities around the country? I don't think so. Uh. Well, and that's that's the other thing of like, you know, all that stuff needs to be in context because there might be a band say, uh, and I, 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 I would talk shit. I don't give, I don't give a shit. But, but like, I can't think of specific ones right now. But there are bands that have like massive numbers, massive monthly numbers that it's all off of one song because it got big on TikTok or something. Say right, right. Or there might be somebody that has fifty. You know, might be like a big band that has you know around what you guys do or a little more or like you said even less. But those say that tech death band you're talking about that has 10,000 listeners, those 10,000 listeners are listening to every song on every song records multiple times and are actually fans. Not like, Oh, I like the yeah. songs. I heard it on a playlist. Let me throw it on. And I'm not going to think about it any other than that. So exactly. that is a really good point that like, as much as things can be quantified to a certain point now, um, they also can't, <laughs> you know, cause mm-hmm. at a certain point, like whether it's, TikTok followers and listens and views or or monthly listeners on Spotify, it, it still comes down to just like that's where I still I still do believe in a little bit of old school of like playing shows and being a good live mm-hmm. band. There is something to that because you do have to still do some grassroots to actually have dedicated yeah. fans, right? And getting dedicated fans in some ways now, despite having so much access to to everybody at your fingertips can be tough just because people uh, people's attention spans are so are so small or it's such a saturated marketplace when it comes to music um so it is it's got to be in some ways more maddening that you can have these varying numbers and like you said you can have 1.7 million listeners on a song does that mean 50 people you know when you're from the northwest are going to show up in Atlanta, like you have right. no idea, you know, mm-hmm. you don't know until you go, right? Like that's just kind of exactly. line, you know. I think it basically comes down to what you want out of what you do, because basically, if if you want to be a, a touring band that pulls a lot of people around the country, you still have to just tour. Like there's right. you, you, you can't. It's you have to have such massive numbers to be able to by, bypass that. It's it's basically still unreasonable to ever expect it. Um, and so if you, I mean, if you want to be like a person, uh, a band that just puts out music online and people put it on their, on their playlists, you get a lot of streams and you go on with your life like that, like you can't, you can't, you can't just do that. But, um, and if you want to be just a touring band that doesn't necessarily care too much about monthly listeners, just like put out records, play shows around all, all around, like build your core fan base that will just come out to shows. Um, you can you can still do that without like putting too much energy into like TikTok and shit. But um, right, right. Like each, it's like each path has still has its own thing. But um, yeah, you can also do both, which is what we're trying to do. And we're at the we're just at the crossroads now, where we're like, okay, we have this online shit. Now we we need to take it out into the world. Absolutely, and and I know I've I've kind of beat this be this dead at this point but it does help big time that you have the kind of production skills you know you've got band members that clearly know what they're doing when it comes to songwriting and doing other aspects of electronic and hip-hop elements and stuff like that that you guys really don't lack in quality of what the music sounds like which is a big help when 
you know, like even even me, who I'm I'm a fan of the band, right? Like, and I live in Illinois. I will show somebody, you know, uh, say abandoned ship or destroyer or something, and no one's put off by the quality, right? right. Like, <laughs> which is which is a big which is a big up, right? Because mm-hmm. like I've I've had other bands that I'm fan of, or in my own projects I've done where like the songs are good, but like you do have to kind of have people read between the lines on the, the finished project production wise. So like right. it, it is a big help in today's age to have high quality, top notch production, mixing, mastering, et cetera, you know? Um, yeah. with, uh, with that, I do, I, you know, I do talk a little bit and we don't have to talk about this. So you don't want to, but I do talk a little bit on here with people about how music has maybe influenced. And I know we've been on for a long time, so I'm not going to keep going too much. Oh, I appreciate the time. Um, uh, I do appreciate like that in ways that like music has influenced maybe your, the way you think about things or the, you know, worldviews or, or, um, you know, like in, I, I know like with this past, I think it was a couple of years ago, you and another person had done songs when it came to people voting and, and things like that, different things of that nature has music like certain bands, lyrics, whatever, have they ever kind of helped you or had you think and reevaluate like things you believe in or, or certain topics that you find important to you and, and, and things of that nature? Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. Not really. Um, because it's, it's fine. music has been like the biggest thing in my life, my basically my entire life. Um, and I love it, but it, I, I haven't really, had that 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 connection to it honestly um and I, I don't have like a this this song saved my life or or whatever like it, it's it's been more of like a craft passion so more right. so than than like a it, it I, I mean i feel music uh i think the the most i get, like inspiration i get on like a just um life level of like my uh yeah ideals and morals and and stuff um i'll be honest i get i get that more from like movies and books and yeah just fiction in general and so there's there's overlap there of um i like my my i think other than metal it's an equal level um my favorite kind of music is film scores uh yeah hell yeah and and uh, to, to tie it back into the the, the album, I, I tried to do like thematic writing and uh, using motifs over again and stuff like that in the album. Uh, not not too much because it is still like songs that I want that I want to have individual individuality to them. But I tried to like bring in some of that like movie score mentality uh, into writing those songs. Who's uh who are some of your favorite like? Mine, my like my favorite composer, which is so probably cliche between Christopher Nolan movies mm. and different things like that, is Hans Zimmer. Mm, yeah. um, he's definitely uh, up there. He's you know I think I think that's a pretty quintessential one to say because I know he's like one of the top tier people of all time with different movies. Um, who are some of your favorite uh, film score uh, composers? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not very hipster about this. It's, it's my favorites are the big, are the, mostly the biggest ones. You know, uh, Hans Zimmer is uh, is a huge one. I just watched watched Inception again like a week ago, and that that shit blows, blows my mind still. How he's able to create tension and and all that shit. All just the, incredible. Like the yeah. movie so well. Um, I think overall, my my favorite is um, the the he wrote the. Lord of the Rings scores. Why am I blanking on his name right now? Uh, Howard, Howard Shore. Howard Shore. Okay. Uh, he wrote the Lord of the Rings score. That's like that's my favorite for sure. Um, those I, are uh, incredible. Some of those songs are, I, yeah. are are so good. Like I I had to learn some of those for for concert band. Uh-huh. Um, and you're like also just like the groove of them. Some of them being in like five four, but feeling so. Um, yeah, that's the, you know, that's the so, Isengard theme. So groovy or so good. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, um, it's so yeah. good. I, I, yeah, it's like so simple, like the s- simple themes that are so like reused in such interesting ways. Like, oh, this it's like a this um, like the, the fellowship theme is like it's like a it's a minor it's like a minor minor melody, and then he he puts it over minor or major, but like backgrounds and with various instrumentation throughout the movies to create different different uh, moods and just off of the same, same one same melody just with different context it's it changes completely yeah uh, I, I feel yeah. that you know I, I yeah i could t- i could also i could nerd out and talk about that stuff for for hours because that's some of my favorite kind of music too um like i don't know there's something we said that that bands especially when it comes to a concept record like you guys are doing with the designer designer disguise elsewhere record coming out january 20th um uh where you still do throw in little motifs and stuff in the way that like uh the way that a film score would because it is mm-hmm. a concept and it's a story much in the same way that some of your favorite movies like you know talking about john williams with with star wars or he's up there Hans Zimmer with with mm-hmm. with a million different movies um from from horror to adventure to fantasy to whatever yeah um, i'm gonna shout out john, to john powell with how to train your dragon too that's that's an, oh, another another hell huge yeah, favorite hell yeah um all those different things <laughs> like you can find a way to include that in more song directed albums and still have them be their own songs right mm-hmm. and yeah. i th- i think that's where some bands that write concept records really do i mean you talk you know you listen to interviews of a lot of bands that'll do concept records and they do really have to pull from film scores because at least it, at least the the idea behind them of setting moods throughout the record especially if it's like a very narrative one like what you guys are doing um you do have to find a way to have callbacks in a certain way right like you do have to have it feel like as much as you're doing song 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 whatever yeah. else and having different stages and chapters like you want it to have a callback as an overall you know not that it has to have a theme like there's not a theme song but but yeah. like y- you get what i'm saying that, that mm-hmm. like there is an element to knowing film score that i think would help making a record like that for sure yeah i i i, I mean i, I studied uh, classical, classical music and stuff but like I, I i bought like the the full transcription of, of like the how to train your dragon score it's, it's amazing it's, it's, it's like this this huge thing and yeah that is massive holy cow I, 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 and i'm like listen i do a lot of like listening to the score and trying to like 
follow individual instruments. Like it's, it's, it's crazy. This shit's crazy. <laughs> that's, that's the thing is you, you talked earlier about when you were learning music and going to music, you know, taking music classes or whatever else early on. And you talked about like, well, am I going to write a symphony? And it's like, well, <laughs> you kind of circle around and you use yeah. elements of that in your own music. Right. So it's all, it's yeah. all very much related, you know? Um, well, that's great, man. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time uh, with all this. I, I appreciate the conversation. It's it's been it's been great. I, I love every second of it. Um, for everybody else, one more time to check out Designer Disguise. Their newest single came out this past month called "Abandoned Ship." Great music mm-hmm. video. Very star. You know, very sci-fi related. As we talked about, um, even got to do some things on some Star Wars uh, studios and using some props yeah. and things like that, which is super cool. Um, new album elsewhere comes out January twentieth uh, via Invogue Records. Um, and uh, Josh, where can people both find you for for your production and studio work as well as the band? Um, well, it's it's easy at joshwildhorn.com for my for my studio stuff. Designerdisguise.com for the designer disguise stuff. Uh, yeah, there's there's links there for you know all the socials and whatnot. Um, like my my work, my portfolio for the studio stuff, the designer disguise material for for that side. Um, I think what the websites are still like a, a good core thing that they'll send you everywhere else. Um, so yeah, right. check those out. Yeah, yeah. Um, find them there and you can, you know, obviously find both Josh and designer disguise on all social media, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we're going to play a band and ship at the end of this. I think it's a good, uh, good ending to this. And, and again, Josh, yep. thanks so much for coming on for the powerless podcast. I really appreciate your time, man. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, man. Yep. Sticks. <laughs>